What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 47. I'm your host, Riley. This week, we have, uh, we're going to cover both tours this week. We have the Scottish Open over on the European Tour the week before the Open Championship. We are almost at the last major of the season. So we're going to cover that. We're going to go over the course, who's over there. The thing about the European tour is I don't have as much information with like data golf and stuff like that to go into the really in-depth stuff with the betting wise. And it's really earlier in the week. So a lot of stuff about the golf course really hasn't come out yet, but we're going to do a little bit about the Scottish Open cover all the guys that are over there because the field is loaded. It's probably one of the better fields that tournament has seen maybe ever. So we're going to talk about the Scottish Open, a couple guys to look at, go over the course, like I said, stuff like that. On the PGA Tour this week, it's awful. We have the John Deere Classic, and it has to be one of the worst fields I've ever seen put together on the PGA Tour. The biggest name is Daniel Berger. He's the favorite at plus 900. And then if you go want to go to the next biggest name, it's probably Sung J M is the next biggest name at plus 1600. But when the second or when the third favorite is Russell Henley, and the second favorite is Brian Harmon, you're probably not going to watch too much of that golf tournament, and it stinks. So, again, we're going to go over a little bit because just because the field is awful doesn't mean we can't win some sort of money with it. So we're going to go over a couple guys to look at, and one of them is actually one of the guys that won us money this week at the Rocket Mortgage. I think he has a really good chance to win, actually. So we're going to go over a couple guys, then we're going to go to the Scottish Open. But, yeah. But before we get into that, we're going to do the Rocket Mortgage Classic recap. Cameron Davis gets its first PGA Tour win in a five-hole playoff um, over Troy Merritt and Joaquin Neiman. Uh, we're going to talk about Neiman. Obviously, the, his result was a little bit of a bummer. He's done that already a couple times this year, so I'm sure he's over the whole second place thing. So we're going to talk about the uh, R- RMC. It was pretty good. The golf course is cool. Donald Ross design. Uh, it sounded like the guys had a really good time at it. Max Homa said he had a good time and the fans were awesome. Phil Mickelson said it was a good experience. Obviously something happened with him in the media that he wasn't super excited about a gambling story, I guess came out and he said that he was probably not going to come back to that tournament and play in front of those fans again. Who knows what happens, uh, in the future. I know there was like a GoFundMe going to get Phil back into the area, um, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. They were trying to raise like $50,000 or something. For Phil to come back, I just don't, I don't know what they were doing. I know Phil like retweeted it and everything um, or replied to the tweet saying it would go toward like his foundation or something. But that's what was going on. But it was a pretty good tournament. I didn't catch too much of it. Uh, I caught like the playoff and stuff, but not too much of it. But before we get into the Rocket Mortgage, let's get into some headlines. Um, the one main one from Detroit really was on... I think I think it was actually Thursday morning, right before the round started. Um, no laying up. The boys over at No Laying Up, Solly was tweeting out that Tim Tucker, the caddy for Bryson DeChambeau, uh, quit. And it was kind of going around. There was rumblings going around uh, Twitter and kind of like the grounds of Detroit Golf Club. And then probably an hour-ish after... No laying up, started reporting everything, and they had it first. They were like, he quit. Some sort of Cobra rep is going to come in and be his caddy for the week and all that kind of stuff. Uh, about an hour after that, some of the Golf Channel people started to confirm the report, and there was like a bona fide thing like, oh, he actually quit, blah, blah, blah. 
So Tim Tucker will no longer caddy for Bryson DeChambeau. He is over it. Uh, one of the, I don't know if it's a club guy from Cobra or something filled in and caddied for Bryson. Uh, it didn't, it didn't go well. Uh, he missed the cut, which is something that if you guys listen to this show, uh, we love that. We love to see that. But I guess it was a little bit of a mutual thing. I don't know how much of that is true. Tim Tucker said, I love the kid. It was just professional uh, relationship ran aground, as they say. It has to be probably one of the more annoying jobs in sports because Bryson will go out there and shoot four under and then dream about things in his sleep that he needs to change in his swing and then go to the range the following night until 1130 and everybody's got to stay there putting on floodlights and shit. I can't imagine being that caddy, right? You wake up at five o'clock in the morning, have to caddy for your boy, and then it doesn't go well. And then he's on the range from two to 11. That would suck. So I don't, the report hasn't come out to, as to why this has happened. And part of the reason is why the report hasn't come out is because Bryson refused to talk to the media all week at the Rocket Mortgage, which I get it. These people are people. They're going. He's going through like a big change, and he probably doesn't want to talk to a, the media about it. Like that makes a total sense, right? You don't need to talk to the media. You're not like you can you can skip it. It doesn't really matter. But it's just a bad look with everything going on. You're defending champion of the golf tournament. Rocket Mortgage is a huge sponsor of you. Him and Ricky are like the Rocket Mortgage guys. He's in. He's one of their guys. And to be at that tournament as a defending champion, as a big as sponsored player for them and not talk to the media, especially with this big news that came out, it's not a great look. Um, but again, it's one of those things where, you know, you could skip it and, you know, you're a person, maybe you don't want to talk to the media about it. Like I, I kind of get that part of it, but it's just a tough look, not, not talking to them, <laughs> not talking to the media after firing your caddy and as a huge sponsor, but Tim Tucker will no longer be the caddy. Uh, we haven't really heard who's going to be the new caddy, at least as I'm recording this. We don't know who's going to be the new caddy. That's a big paying job. Bryson has already won, what, twice this season? Big tournaments, the U.S. Open and the Arnold Palmer. Those are two big payouts. I mean, that caddy's going to make probably three, four $400,000 a year. That's just the way it is with that caddy. So I'm sure there are a lot of people texting Bryson about filling that void, I'm sure he will have uh, no problem filling that void on his back. Uh, Roy McIlroy-wise, he had a tough weekend at the Irish Open. Uh, he made the cut after a really good round on Friday morning. Um, I forgot what he shot. It was a, it was a really a 67 maybe. He shot a good round. Uh, and then really tough weekend, finished outside the top 50. I think he was T59 after a Sunday plus two. And then Lucas Herbert ended up winning the golf tournament. But Roy McIlroy, not his best showing in front of the hometown fans. Uh, he, he actually really liked that golf course. I think that was the first time he ever saw Tiger in person was that golf course. And he was talking about it as before the week started, like he could have reached out and grabbed the glove out of his pocket. So cool course for him. I thought it actually laid out for Rory to have a good week, but he did not. T59, not great. But yeah, with the headlines out of the way, not a lot to go over. Pretty much just the Bryson news was like the big um, thing to come out of the weekend. Of course, the uh, the Brooks thing was hilarious. Like an af hour after that report came out, Brooks posted on Instagram that it was like National Ricky Elliott Day. Shout out to my guy. Couldn't do it without you, blah, blah, blah. Hilarious. Brooks will not stop coming after Bryson DeChambeau, and that is something you love to see. But we can jump into the Rocket Mortgage. Cameron Davis wins his first PGA Tour event in a playoff over Neiman and Troy Merritt. Took five extra holes to get it done. It has been 
a dramatic stretch of PGA Tour golf. We had the U.S. Open, John Rahm coming from behind and getting the W. We had in freaking three extra hours of the Travelers Championship with Harris English getting the W a week ago. And then the Rocket Mortgage, five extra holes to get it done. Ridiculous. Cameron Davis eagled 17, hold out from a bunker, birdied 18 to get into the playoff. And then par was good enough on 15 on the fifth extra hole to get it done. Stats wise, as I was looking at his stats um, before, before we got on here to record the show, this golf course was just a really good fit for him, right? He's long off the tee. He's 17th on tour this season. He's inside the top 70 on tour in both putting and approach. Top 25 in birdie average, which you needed around Detroit Golf Club. You needed to be able to go low. There's just a lot of birdies out there. His form coming into the week just like wasn't that great. He missed his last start at the Memorial. T45 at the Charles Schwab. T59 at the PGA. You got to go back to the RBC Heritage for his last top 25 start. So his form just wasn't there. But stats wise, it's just hard to find a golf course that doesn't fit his game more. Long driver, good putter, good approach player. It was just a really solid win. That's all I got to say. But one of the runner-ups... Joaquin Neiman loses again. This is his second loss in a playoff this year. If you guys remember the first tournament of 2021, the Tournament of Champions, he lost in a playoff to Harris English, actually. Third runner-up this season. He was also the runner-up, I believe, at the Sony in Hawaii. He didn't make a single bogey all week. He played 72 holes and didn't make a single bogey. And then you get to the first playoff hole where chips are on the table and you got to go get the W. He's still only at one win for his PGA Tour career, which is crazy to say because the kid is crazy talented, drives it straight, great iron player, good putter, and he only has one win on the PGA Tour. You get down to it, the first playoff hole, and you bogey the first playoff hole, and you just lose. It's tough. It sucks. He's. I'm not saying he's getting that reputation of a guy there at the end and then he can't close, but I mean, when you have three runner-up finishes in the same season, you're making a lot of money, but there's something there. So didn't make a bogey all week. That was crazy. When I got that notification on my phone, that was insane. I think the last guy to do that was like JT Poston. And I don't even remember what year that was in. Again, his only tour win was back in 2020 at the Greenbrier. Uh, I can't complain about that because I picked him that week and I won a good chunk of change on him after he won that golf tournament. So shout out Neiman. Uh, he'll win again. His game is just way, way too good. This this golf course I thought was a great fit for him. I didn't touch him on the card. He was one of the favorites, so not a lot of value, but he ended up having a good week. But again, this is another guy that kind of fits the mold of what you needed at Detroit Golf Club. He was ninth in driving distance, 11 in strokes gained off the tee, 42nd in approach, 27th in putting, 5th in scoring average, which is huge at Detroit Golf Club. I totally missed that last week. And then just his game fits this golf course. So it's kind of no surprise that he was in contention all week. So a little bit of a bummer. We'll see him win. Um, maybe at a Lynx course. I don't, maybe at the open. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to win the open. I don't know if he's ready to win a major championship. Obviously, we've seen that like he can't close a normal golf tournament. So how is he going to close a major championship? But his low ball flight, he plays low off the tee, which is needed out of Lynx course. So we'll see what happens. And then Alex Noren, speaking of the European tour, Alex Noren is sneaky playing good golf again. T4 this week, T13 at the Memorial. He has four. He had four straight top 25 finishes from the RBC Heritage to the AT&T Byron Nelson. 
He's never won on the PGA Tour. He has 11 Euro Tour wins. The last one came in 2018. But he is sneaky, working his way up those Ryder Cup standings and might sneak his way into like a coach's pick maybe, or a captain's pick rather, not coach's, not coach's pick, captain's pick, because he is playing really good golf over the last like three months. Really good golf. It's good to see actually, because I like Alex Noren. He's got that weird, weird like pre-shot routine thing, but then loves to play a cut. His cut is beautiful. He's just a really good golfer. Ford presses everything, which is always interesting to see. Like even with the putter, he's got that thing like a couple balls in front of the ball with his hands. It's very interesting. But seeing Alex Norman playing good golf is good for golf. And then another guy that just bounces back after a disaster in Connecticut is Bubba Watson. Bogey freed 64 on Sunday. He tied the lead with his final putt and ended up obviously not being enough to get into the playoff. But since the start of May, he has four top 20, 20 finishes. He, Bubba's playing some golf. I mean, the T19 in Connecticut really should have been a top five finish, if not a win. I thought he had that thing absolutely in the bag after making the turn on Sunday at TPC River Highlands. But then, I mean, bogeying what the last like five holes, that hurts. But four top 20s in the last couple months, pretty damn good. And then the guy, I actually tweeted this after he finished up on Sunday at the Rocket Mortgage. Kevin Kisner, I think is going to be a sleeper pick to win the fucking Open Championship. He's in form, two straight top 10s. His putter is really really hot. Last two open finishes, he was T30 at Portrush, T2 at Carnoustie. Four rounds in the 60s this week, even or better in seven of his last eight rounds. If he can keep that putter hot, I think he's going to be a sleeper pick to win the Open Championship. He's been in the mix there before. I think he was even kind of in the mix at Burkdale going into the weekend, and then he kind of had two shitty rounds over the weekend. But Kevin Kisner likes the Open. I think it's because driving distance isn't huge at the Open. It's more you got to work your ball around the golf course a little more a little bit more strategy. You have to be a good putter, especially off the greens in those really tight areas. And that's exactly what Kevin Kisner is, especially with a putter in his hand. He is dangerous. So he's going to be a guy to watch, I think, at the Open Championship. He might be a little sleeper pick. Bets for the week. We had Kevin Kisner top 20. That hit at plus 135. We had Mark Hubbard for a top 40. That missed. He missed the cut. We had Matt McNeely for a top 40. That hit for plus 135. We had Will Zalatoris top 10. That was a miss. He was 77th after shooting, what is that, plus six over the weekend at that easy-ass golf course. We got to talk about Will for a second. He might be the worst putter on the PGA Tour. He lost 3.1 strokes over the week putting, just not that good. I think he was like 70-something in the field this week in strokes game putting. But the big thing is he lost over three strokes in approach ranking 73rd of the guys that made the cut. And for a guy that relies on his iron play so much, I mean, he's. I think last week he was what, third in stroke saying approach all season on tour. When you're that good of an iron player, that's what you rely on in your game. You just look at Colin Morikawa, right? Colin Morikawa can't putt either, but every single week he's a monster with his iron, so that makes up for it. When guys rely on one portion of their game so much and it has an off week, you're just not going to finish that high. And that's what happened to Will this week. He relies on his iron play so, so much. When it's not there, you're just not going to have a good week. And that sucks for us because we bet on him, obviously, to top 10, thinking his irons were going to be good. And maybe that makes up for his bad putter. Everything was bad. And he came in almost last after making the cut on Friday afternoon. So that sucks for Will. 
And then Doc Redman, top 30, that was a miss. He also missed a cut. That was the one that was surprising to me. I think Mark Hubbard missed the cut by one shot. I think he was minus two and the cut was minus three. Doc Redman finished, I think, plus one after two days. He just could not get anything going. Like, he gave himself enough looks. He just couldn't get anything going on the greens, made a couple stupid bogeys, and that was the big surprise. I thought Doc Redman was going to be a sleeper to win this golf tournament. That's what I said in the show last week. And then he just did not show up, couldn't get anything going. So that sucks. So after everything, I think we were minus 0.3 units total this week. So again, not great, but hopefully we can win some money betting on the John Deere in the Scottish Open. Uh, Let's go John Deere Classic first. So like I said at the top of the show, one of the worst fields I've ever seen on the PGA Tour. One of the worst fields I've ever seen in golf. Daniel Berger's in the field. After that, there is nothing. Like I said, the betting favorite after Daniel Berger is Brian Harmon. And then after that, is Russell Henley. And then if you go down the board a little bit, I mean, we're talking like Kevin Streelman is plus 1800. Just that's when you know that it's just not going to be very good. And I'm not going to watch a single second of this golf tournament. But again, that doesn't mean we can't win money at this golf tournament. They are at TPC Deer Run, par 71, 7,268 yards. It's a 1999 design. Birdies, birdies, and more birdies around this place. This is going to be the second tournament in a row where you need to get to probably 20 under to even have a shot to win this golf tournament. Risk reward all over the place. Some elevation change. The golf course is actually pretty decent. Just the field sucks. And you got bent bent grass greens this week. Weather. Tuesday uh, is going to be nice, hot, 91, pretty much no rain, a, uh, 80 degrees on Wednesday, p.m. thunderstorms, 50% chance of rain, so it might be a little wet for the boys. Thursday, 78, nice, probably no rain. Friday looks pretty good, 83, 24% chance of rain. Saturday, 86, scattered thunderstorms, 44% chance of rain, a little bit of wind, and then Sunday is going to be 81, scattered thunderstorms again, 44% chance of rain. So the boys look like they're going to get out. Um, with no rain Thursday and Friday, but over the weekend, we might see some thunderstorms pop up here and there. Hopefully we have more, no more delays. I think what Thursday at the rocket mortgage delayed like five hours or something like that. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Cause that is, uh, always very, very annoying when that shit happens at golf tournaments, key stats. So TBC deer run is very strange. Um, it's not super long, but driving distance just doesn't really matter around this place. You just have to do pretty much everything well. Like when you go to data golf and you go to course fit, everything is right around. Let me bring up TPC Deer Run real quick. Everything is right around tour average or even a little less than tour average when it comes to importance, right? Strokes gain importance. But the one thing that clearly sticks out almost half a stroke more than everything else is driving accuracy. This is a golf course where you need to just plot your way around it. You have to have a good strategy around this golf course. And some guys just have it like Zach Johnson's won this tournament three times. He's finished in the side, the top five countless amount of times because he can plot himself around. He hits fairways. He's a good wedge player. So guys like that are going to be really good this week, but driving accuracy is going to be big. And then when you get to a golf course where you need to make a lot of birdies, you need to be a good putter. So we're going to be putting, driving accuracy. Those are kind of guys that we're going to target this week for sure. Let me get into some trending. This is the thing. Brian Harmon's going to be at the top 
for sure. Let's see if I can find him real quick. Brian Harmon, T8, T19, T5. Like he's trending. Kevin Streelman, T13, T15, missed cut. Daniel Berger, T75, T20, T7. So Daniel Berger is actually trending a lot right now. So he's going to be obviously a very popular pick just because he's the biggest name in the field. That's pretty much it, to be completely honest with you. Uh, a couple of course fits for you guys. Uh, number one is actually TPC River Highlands, uh, where they play the Travelers. Number two is Sea Island Golf Club. And number three is Silverado. If we go over to betting tools, fitness position, let's see what Data Golf has to win. Oh, they don't even they don't even have a t- uh, where are we this week? The John Deere Classic up yet? That's how in just not important this golf tournament is. It's going to suck, but. Some of the guys that we're going to look at this week, we're going to go over a couple guys and then we'll get into the Scottish Open. Mav McNeely, I think, is going to be one of my guys that I'm probably going to bet on to win this golf tournament. He's plus 3,400 to win. So again, he's usually in like the 8,000, 7,000 range. When you get these kind of guys up near the 3,400 range, that's when you know it's a weak field. But he made us some money this week. He's playing some good golf. Three straight top 30s, T21 in Detroit. His only finish at John Deere was like a T44, I think, but that was several years ago. Hitting fairways, like I just said, is key around this track. For the year, he's 124th in driving accuracy. He only hits 59% of fairways, but his last two starts, he's hit 73.21 and 76.79. So he's hitting a lot of fairways over his last couple starts. If he does that again this week, he's going to make a run. He's hitting a lot of greens also. He's hit over 75% of greens in those last two starts. Also gaining strokes with a putter in three straight starts. So his game is just in really good form right now. Over his last 36 rounds, He's 95th in strokes gained putting, but over his last 36 rounds on bent grass greens, he's 32nd. So this is his best putting surface. He likes these greens. His game just looks in really good form right now. He is going to be a guy to watch, especially at 3,400. I think that's really good value for especially the golf that he's playing right now. And then favorite-wise, Russell Henley is going to be a very popular pick this week. Back-to-back top 20s at the U.S. Open and the Travelers. Obviously, that U.S. Open probably should have been a better finish. He was winning the golf tournament, I think, after 18, 36, and 54, and then kind of just had a shitty Sunday. He was the runner up here back in 2019, obviously a great iron player. It's obvious why Russell Henley is going to be a very popular pick. He's in very good form and loves this golf course. So those are the two guys that if I was to put any money on winning this golf tournament, that's who I would probably target. Obviously, the little lefties in good form. And has I think he's had a couple good finishes at this golf tournament before. Alex Noren, I mentioned his name. He's playing good golf right now. He's still looking for his first PGA Tour win. Um, I like Doc Redman last week. I don't think I like him this week. He's coming off a missed cut and like a T61 and two straight starts. Bo Hostler's in good form. Sneaky in good form. He's 6,500, another guy to look at. Pat Perez is in good form, 6,500. He's going to be another guy to look at. Um, it's just a really weird tournament when you're starting to talk about betting on Pat Perez to win a golf tournament. He's only won three in his career, been out there for 20 years, and they've been all kind of like recently. I think the last one come in 2018. But those are the, some of the guys that I would, I would target if you guys are going to bet on the John Deere Classic this week. But let's hop over to the Scottish Open. Again, the John Deere stinks. Everybody is in Scotland this week to prepare for the Open Championship next week. They're just 
playing some links golf to get ready for the open, which I don't see why you wouldn't be doing that for years. That is, this has been kind of the tune up the Irish open and the Scottish open. A lot of the big names on the PGA tour go over and play in this golf tournament instead. As I have it in front of me, I'm going to pet up, pull up the betting odds here. Here we go. Everybody is in this golf tournament. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch some link golf this week, but the field, John Rahm, fresh off his first major victory. Hopefully he's, he's recovered from that hangover. Oh my God, was he drinking out of that motherfucking trophy? It was ridiculous. Hitting glow balls onto greens, drinking tequila and shit out of that trophy. It was ridiculous. This will be the first time Ron plays in the Scottish Open. He was he uh, He's played in the Irish Open several times since 2016 to get ready for the Open, but he's never played in the Scottish Open. Uh, world number three, Justin Thomas, has made the trip over to Scotland. The last time he played in this event was 2019. He finished inside the top 10. Our guy is yet again teeing it up on the European Tour, Roy McIlroy. Originally, he wasn't. I think he was originally going to play in the Irish Open and then go home back to America and then fly back for the Open Championship to spend time with the family in between. But because of like COVID rules and all that kind of stuff, He's just staying on the road, which he was actually a little bummed about because then he has the Olympics after that. So I think he's going to be like away from the family for a while. Roy had a rough weekend, end of the week, T59. He finished inside the top 35 here, T34 in 2019 in this event. He did have four rounds under par, though. Other big names in the field include Colin Morikawa's. Colin Morikawa, excuse me, Xander Shoffley, Terrell Hatton, Scotty Scheffler, Matty Fitz, Willie Z, and Tommy Fleetwood. The golf course, the Renaissance Club, North Berwick, Scotland, par 71. This is weird. It's a par 71. It has four par fives, but it also has five par threes, which I love. That is a golf course that my game fits. My game is all about iron play. I am very inconsistent with drivers, so the more par threes, the better. Actually, quick story time. When I passed the PAT to turn pro, Back in Florida in 2019, the golf course that we played, it was set up six par fives, six par fours, six par threes. It was very weird. Um, and I think of everybody that played in the tournament, I was third in par three scoring. I just love par threes. Had a couple near aces on that day. It was sick. I actually skull fucked one and actually ended up like six inches from the hole. That would have been a tough hole in one to have. Absolutely sculling one and just ended up nice. But Love that. So it's a weird setup. Five part threes. That is strange. 7,303 yards. It's a Tom Doak design going back to 2008. So it's actually relatively new. The weather. Uh, I haven't I haven't covered a European tour event in a while. Um, I haven't really looked at weather for a golf tournament in Europe in a while, except like the open a couple years ago. It's just funny. It's just rain every single day. Light rain on Tuesday, 83%, 14-mile-an-hour winds. Wednesday, light rain, 70% chance with 10-mile-an-hour. Thursday, showers, excuse me, 38% chance of rain, 9-mile-an-hour winds. Friday, a.m. showers, 50% chance of rain, 9-mile-an-hour winds. Saturday, showers, 32% chance of rain, 10-mile-an-hour winds. Sunday, 64 showers, 30, 37% chance of rain, 9-mile-an-hour winds. So it's going to be a little windy, not that windy, actually. 9-mile-an-hour and 10-mile-an-hour for Lynx Golf is borderline nothing. And the and the course is going to play a little bit longer than normal just because it's probably going to rain all week long. So it's not going to have that firm, fast attitude to it. Which makes it a bummer because last year, or was it last year or two years ago, when Aaron Rye beat Tommy Fleetwood in a playoff? Anyway, the winning score that that week was 11 under. So it was playing tough. It was playing firm. It was playing fast. But the year before that, um, Burn, 
uh, Weisberger won, but he won it like 20 something under par because it was like slow, wet, and the wind was down. So that's the big defense of this golf course. So when the wind is up, it is going to be really shitty for these guys. It's going to be really tough. But when the wind's down, you can really make a lot of birdies around this place. So if it's going to be wet and not that windy, you're going to probably have to make a lot of birdies to compete around here. Uh, betting odds. John Rahm is the betting favorite at plus 800. Xander Shoffley's at 12. Colin Morikow is at 14. Rory McIlroy's at 14. Justin Thomas is at 18. Terrell Hatton's at 2. Matty Fitz is at 22, Scotty Scheffler's at 29, Robbie McIntyre's at 31, uh, Fleetwood's at 31, Bern Weisberger's at 34, uh, Zal Torres is at 34, Corey Connors is at five. There's just a lot of a lot of names here. Billy Horses at 55, Ian Poulter's also at 55, just low beefs at 65, shout out beef. There's just so many guys playing in this tournament. I can't wait to watch the Scottish Open. I mean, you got to get up at like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning to watch the European Tour events, but... The afternoon tea times tee off around like 8 a.m. Eastern. So if you guys are looking to watch a little European tour golf, um, it's fun to watch it in the morning, especially before like the PGA Tour coverage starts. So just three guys that I'm going to be looking at probably this week before we um, kind of wrap up the show. Again, this was always going to be a little short and sweet Scottish Open John Deere classic. I mean, John Deere sucks. But anyway, Tyrrell Hatton is going to be one of the first guys. He just loves playing in Europe. He's a big Euro Tour guy. He hasn't played over there since February, but he has made three starts on the European Tour in 2021. He has a win, a top 25, and a T6. In 2019, he tied for 14th at an event. On the PGA Tour, it's definitely been a mixed bag over the last four or five months. He finished second at the Palmetto Championship, but then a start later, he missed the cut at the U.S. Open. His putting has been a struggle, losing strokes and two straight starts on the greens but if his putter turns around in scotland everything else about terrell hatton's game is very very good so i would expect for him to contend this week if that putter gets turned around um burton weisberger i already brought his name up he won this golf tournament back in 2019 the wind was down the golf course was playing easier those are the conditions that we're probably going to have again this week so we'll have to see uh, he won the made in Denmark back in May. He just finished T9 at the BMW International Open a few weeks ago. I believe that was his last start. So he's in good form returning to a golf course he's won at, a tournament that he's won at. He'll be in the mix. Um, I just said his odds, but I already forget. Plus 3,400. So that's good value. Probably get plus odds for a top 20. That's probably what I would have take there. And then the last guy... Um, Mr. Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood, he had a solid week in Ireland, top 20 finish for him. He was runner up at this event last season, losing in a playoff to Aaron Rye, like I mentioned already. He hasn't done much on the PGA Tour of late. He had a top 15 at the Wells Fargo Championship, but besides that, it's been like missed cuts and outside the top 30, top 40, something like that. But again, he loves Lynx golf, really likes this kind of golf course, and obviously he's shown that he can play this golf course very, very well. I honestly think if the scoring conditions are tougher, I think that's better for Tommy. So if you got to make a lot of birdies, I don't know if I love Tom for like a top 10, but if it plays really tough, if the weather changes, which it probably will, cause we're in Europe, Tommy's going to be a good bet. So those are probably the three guys that I'm looking at this week. Um, obviously Xander and Colin, if the putters cooperate, they're going to be in the mix. Rory, I didn't dive too much into the stats from the Irish Open to see what happened with Rory. I watched him a little bit. Um, I know his wedges look good. He's feeling a little bit more comfortable with the swing. He said he was close again. Who knows? All golfers think they're close. I think I'm close every time I tee it up, and then you go out the next time and have no idea what's happening. 
But we'll have to see with Rory. Obviously, I would love to see Rory win this championship. I would rather him watch him win in about a week and a half. That's what I would like to see a little bit more. But who knows? But yeah, those are the two uh, previews for this week, guys. Short and sweet show. Um, new instructional video came out on the Twilight Nine YouTube channel. If you didn't check it already, go check it out. Another instructional video will drop sometime later in the week. All the betting stuff. I don't think I'm going to do a John Deere article. I think the only article going up on Twilight Nine this week is going to be for the Scottish Open. So keep an eye out on that. It will probably be out sometime Tuesday afternoon, hopefully. So yeah, another instructional stuff. Follow all the socials uh, at Twilight Nine Pod at Riley Hamill underscore for the Instagrams. Yeah, guys, that's it. I'm going to go. I got a rain session to get to. Um, golf is so frustrating. I don't know if you guys want to hear about my game as part of this podcast. Um, I think if the show goes to twice a week, it'll be more of that, just kind of shooting the shit about golf and having people on. But golf is so frustrating. Like a couple like a couple weeks ago, I couldn't wait to get on the tee box and hit driver. I was hitting a perfect little like five-yard draw probably, a little less than that, three-yard draw, and carrying it a long way, hitting totals like 310, 315, and I never do that. I got a new driver m5 in the bag and it's been awesome and then over the last couple weeks i just can't keep it on the planet and all of a sudden i'm trying to hit a cut instead because i'm overhooking it it's just been a shit show the irons and putter feel really good so if i find fairways i play really well i just got to get that driver back so i got to get to the range today and practice driver but go follow the socials um check out twilight9.com on tuesday afternoon for the scottish open betting article And yeah, guys, enjoy the week. Enjoy all the golf this weekend. And the next time I talk to you guys, it's major championship time. So enjoy the golf this weekend. If you guys watch the John Deere, which I probably, if I had to guess, you probably won't. Enjoy the Scottish Open if you watch it in the mornings this weekend. And I will talk to you guys next week for the Open Championship. Peace, guys. Peace.